The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Sure, glad the free agents waited until 3 o'clock. Well, Pacific, I guess. They did wait until 3 Eastern time. It's the live show. It's NBA Free Agency 2019 Hoop Ball. It's got you covered. The weird, the weird, the silly. We are all here together, and I hope you guys are going to enjoy this as much as I am. So far on the feed, you've got myself, you got Micah Patry, you got Josh Millman, you got Coach, and I feel like I kind of have to start with Josh. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Brooklyn! <laughs> I broke out my Brooklyn Dodgers hat for you, Josh. You can't see me on the way I've got this set up. I but know. Well, I'm, you're representing somehow, so yeah. I appreciate it. It's a little, it's the LA Brooklyn connection. Uh, obviously, the news so far in free agency, very Nets heavy. But we're going to take the next little bit to try to break down everything that's happened. Presumably, more stuff will actually get released at three. But uh, as we've now seen, uh, and, you know, I-, I will plan accordingly for next year. We probably don't need to wait until 2.30 to do this show because news has been breaking for a full 24 freaking hours. Um, Here's the list I've got so far. And any of you guys, feel free to chime in at the end of this thing to let me know what I'm missing because I'm I'm betting it's at least something. Uh, Kemba likely to Boston, that one mostly official. Obviously, everything at this point is mostly official because it's, you know, 2.30 Pacific time. Uh, Clay back with the dubs. Nets get Kyrie, KD, DeAndre Jordan, and Garrett Temple. Yeesh. Derek Rose to the Pistons. Vooch back with the Magic. Uh, I got to move my my recreational vehicle to Spain because Nico is moving to Europe. Darren Collison retired due to, I believe, something related to his Jehovah's Witness faith. Uh, Paul Millsap, uh, his option exercised by the Nuggets. He's back with Denver for $30 million for one year. Dwight Powell gets a three-year, $33 million extension with the Mavs. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas, three years, $45 million with the Grizz. Kings are signing Dwayne Dedman for three years at 40. Harrison Barnes is back for four years at 85. That's a lot for Harrison Barnes. Terry Rozier to the Hornets, three years, $58 million. Oof. Rudy Gay, two years, $32 million in San Antonio. Brick Lopez uh, back with the Bucks, four years, $52 million. And Chris Middleton gets himself the five-year, hundred and around $80 million with Milwaukee. Gentlemen, there's no way I can corral everybody for the entirety of the show, so screw it. Let's get silly now. Did I miss anything there? Uh, I've got some things to throw in. If, all right, yeah, if Coach, have at it. All Go right, man. It, First of all, Josh, congratulations, man. What Thanks, baby. I had. appreciate it. Dude, this, that's crazy. That is crazy. Just, let me just say that, like, that this had been the day that Nets fans have been waiting for for the past three years and the fact that this is all happening is bananas it is effing bananas to me as a nets fan that this has all worked out the way it has and it is coming expense at the knicks i i am over the moon (laughs) this has been the like short of my kids being born in my marriage this has been one of the best (laughs) days of my life so i this is great, and I'm happy to spend it with you guys. That's awesome, man. And I'll tell you, after what the Nets went through with that complete disastrous trade where they gave away every draft pick they ever had, basically, for those washed-up guys, Pierce and Garnett, <laughs> just uh, 
man, that's it's got to be so sweet. And like you say, it's it's also in the face of the Knicks, which is yeah. I feel bad for hoop baller Knicks fans out there. But uh, I'll let me roll down some of the notes I took real quick just to yeah, man, have at it. Some of us up, and then uh, I'll pass it over to Michael. Uh, and if I apologize if if I repeat some of these, but I the, here's some of the news I jotted just from the last hour. Uh, Butler's meeting with the Heat tonight, and I guess the Heat have inside track on possibly getting Jimmy Butler. Uh, Kawhi favoring the Lakers if they're going to unload the bus and do the third uh, max deal. We'll see. Uh, you know, the Bucks. you did mention Lopez, Middleton, and George Hill are all returning. It looks like only Brogdon's going to hit the road. Uh, it's probably going to be too expensive. They extended Lillard for the max deal for $258 million. Good, good job. You can get it. Quarter, uh, quarter billion dollars. That's some baseball money right there. Craziness, man. Craziness. Uh, uh, Blazers and Celts are, are in uh, the last spot for Ennis Canner, the great Twitter uh, mongol that he is. Uh, the Magic resigning Vukovic. Pacers are going to get Rubio, it looks like. That's the big uh, strong feel right now. The Grizz are going to resign Valachunas on a three year deal. Looks like Bogdanovich, the sharpshooter, may go to the Jazz. Uh, an odd guy, but guy to keep an eye out for, especially for uh, fantasy leagues, is Nicola Melli, who was the leading scorer in the EuroLeague last year, signed with the Pelicans. And uh, again, uh, Rudy Gay with the Spurs, staying there. And Rogier, the big deal with the Hornets that you signed, who is a great sleeper that I hope I can get in my keeper league. <laughs> anyway, Mike, what you got? I, I think that that wrapped everything right there. Pretty much had every nail on the head. I was going to chime in a little bit on the Rubio and the Bogdanovich news. That pretty much almost seems like it's done. Um, I'm not really a, a fan of Rubio going to India. I think they needed more of a, a scoring dominant point guard to play alongside of Oladipo just to kind of pack a little bit of a punch in that unit. They were one of, I think, if not 29th or 30th in the league in scoring last year. So not a huge fan of the move but it's uh it's a good spot for fantasy owners you know this guy he, he's a guy that can easily dish out uh eight times a night and they're gonna need him to handle the ball while depot's out damn that's what i got so far damn uh <laughs> things are by the way if you guys see things maybe i should this is what i should have said to them to those watching before i hit the record button uh if you guys see anything flash across and i don't immediately yell about it feel free to just uh yell that's that's what our show is going to be like. You know, I mean, the, the beauty of these live shows and having all of us weirdos on at the same time is that you don't have to wait for commercial breaks. You don't have to wait for somebody to finish a thought. If something happens, uh, we're going to talk about it. So what about from the fantasy standpoint? Because that's that's where we have the leg up on everybody else. You know, none of us here is Woj. None of us here is Mark Stein. None of us here is Haynes. We're not going to break the news, but none of those guys is going to talk about what this means for people's fantasy value. Uh, so let's talk about the Nets, because KD's out for the whole year, lest we forget. So all these guys are coming in, presumably to wait him out. Uh, they don't have D'Angelo Russell anymore at the end of all this. They'll be renouncing his rights quickly, I would assume. Um, how does this all shake out? I mean, where does Kyrie go next year? What is DeAndre Jordan's role with Jared Allen and vice versa? Uh, veterans, Karis Levert, Spencer Dinvid- Dinwiddie. I mean, what it, what do we make of all of this weirdness, uh, Josh? This is this is your spot, man. This is your team. Yeah, I'm, this is my jurisdiction here. Yeah, you're um, going to be loading up on these guys, or you're going to be a little worried I, about it. Yeah, I'm probably going Homer with this team. <laughs> I, I truly don't care. Like, um, 
No, but if if we were to just talk about it just strictly from a, a fantasy standpoint, D'Angelo Russell last year finished as I think a cat. He was somewhere in the top thirty around, or as high as that uh, nine cat. It was around like fifty. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but uh, just to give you a general sense, and Kyrie Irving last year on a per game basis was around the top ten, top twelve. So uh, just from a statistical standpoint alone, there's some upgrades. So I, I expect that to kind of hold going into next year. Kyrie's going to be given the ball. Uh, I think he's got a lot of great talent around him, just like he did in Boston. And the Nets will, will continue to play their up-tempo game with a lot of three-point shooting. Um, and there's a lot of, going to be a lot of wide-open guys. And Joe Harris and, and Torian Prince, don't forget, he came over from Atlanta over there, and hopefully Levert stays healthy for the entire year. But there's a lot, going to be a lot of opportunity. Um, I do expect, again, a high-octane offense. I think DeAndre Jordan uh, will kind of take away a little bit from Jared Allen, but Jared Allen wasn't playing 30 minutes a night uh, to begin with. They tended to put a cap on his minutes, but they needed someone to come in and replace Ed Davis and be that, you know, that true board's, uh, guy that they need so that Allen isn't getting beat up by the likes of Joel Embiid on a night-to-night basis. So I, I think uh, he'll he'll match up against uh, some bigger teams a lot better. But uh, I expect Kyrie to still be that kind of late first round uh, type of player. And all of these and, and on a given any given night, a lot of these guys could go explode because again they have the shooters, they have the weapons, and, and I I think Kyrie's going to make it happen over there. Mike, what are you thinking? I love it for uh, from a standpoint, um, Kyrie's fantasy value. I think it, we might see one of his best career years coming over there in Brooklyn the year before uh, Durant comes back. Um, he, they they kind of saw what happened over there in Boston. Uh, they're not going to just throw the keys at this guy. They're expecting to be the number two. That's why they went out there and got Durant. But he's going to be able to push this offense. They can run with him. Um, DeAndre Jordan, Jared Allen, uh, both two bigs that could run the floor pretty well. They're going to be there for the alley-oops. It's I love it for Kyrie's value. Uh, it's going to, you know, hurt Levert a little bit. Um, Dinwiddie a little bit, too. So they're going to do a little bit of three-guard sets. So we're going to see that. But uh, Kyrie's a lot more ball-dominant than D'Angelo Russell was. So that's uh, – for Kyrie, love it. Um, I'd be looking at him, you know, like you said, late first round, um, early second, right over there on that swing and feel very, very comfortable with that pick. Coach? Well, I, I do have one thing that popped up here. The Kings look like they're uh, going to finalize – Dwayne Dedman for forty million and Harrison Barnes for eighty five. Yeah. So other than the Knicks, the Kings are the biggest. They they just don't make sense to me. But I love the Dedman. I love the Deadman pick. I I, I I don't I like the Deadman pick as Why? well. Why they they have they have three centers already. They have Bagley, Giles, and Cauley Stein. Well, Cauley Stein is gone. Center? They're not oh, bringing. Yeah. Cauley Stein's gone. They're not bringing him back. He already his yeah. agent already said he wants out. So but that, aren't you? Don't you want to give your center minutes to your two young guys that are the face of your franchise possibly going forward? I don't think they mind giving uh, Bagley and and Giles minutes at the four. Deadman's just such awesome. a nice, uh, calming influence at that center spot. And I think he only played. You guys can check me on this because I got so many windows open right now. I think he only played like twenty four to twenty five minutes a game in Atlanta last year and was right around top fifty in nine cat. I mean, he had a brilliant fantasy season, and he's just one of those. He's just, like, solid. He doesn't screw too many things up. He can pop the three, uh, gives you know, gives them some spacing in that regard. The fact that they were linked 
to other guys where they would have had to spend $100 million and they're getting away with 13 a year for Deadman. I, I think that was a good move. Now, I'm with you, Coach, on the Barnes front. I'm, I'm betting we all are on that side. That's a lot of money for a 26-year-old that moves like he's 36. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. And Deadman's not a bad ball player. And he, he may, you know, I just, to tie up $125 million in those two guys, when you actually have a good base of young guys with Fox and, and the two big guys that I mentioned and such, it just, I, I just don't get it. I, I never really quite understand what Vlade does there. But again, that's just me. You know, if they ever show that they're going to win something, uh, then, then I guess I can go a different route. But I don't know. That's a head scratcher to me. I do like Deadman. I think he would have been a great fit somewhere like the Celtics or somewhere where he actually could have plugged in a you know push a playoff team but to be part of a rebuild and sack with a bunch of young guys just a little bit interesting to me uh I, i'm with the with the whole team here i think Kyrie is a, a you know solidified maybe moved up a little bit in the mock drafts now for the, for this upcoming year i think he'll with uh, durant still being on the the uh shelf you know with that team and the the pace up that they that that they uh, run there with the nets I think he's going to have a fantastic year. Uh, they've got a good culture there, you know, with some good sleeper guys. I think actually adding Kyrie may uh, add to Le- to Levert's stock value and, and such because he's going to get the ball. He's going to be spotting up. The only guy I'd be a little concerned about is Dinwiddie because he certainly was on the rise. Uh, they did just sign him, you know, to $11 million a year. So he's making – he's sort of settled in. I would be a little bit wary of his – numbers going forward but you know i'll tell you i would say this coming year they'll they could be a fringe playoff team like they were this year six seven eight seed and then with durant back the following year if he is healthy they've got to be one of the favorites in the east flat out i don't know if everybody just saw me laughing my my wife didn't want to appear on the show and her computer was on the table behind me so yeah she actually just crawled underneath the camera reached up pried the computer off the table and crawled back out of the room. So, that's a doctor, ladies and gentlemen, that I just made, that I just made do that for a fantasy basketball show. So I feel like somehow, I feel like somehow I won in that regard. I don't. Maybe I'm maybe I'm mistaken on that one. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to cover here. I want to take a moment to plug a few things since we sort of launched in head first, and now. Ooh, we've been given a deep breath here uh, 15 minutes before actual free agency begins. Um, everything that happens at 3 o'clock Pacific time will be categorized at hoop-ball.com. So the website that makes all of this possible, HoopBall, has a website. It's hoop-ball.com slash category slash agreements in principle. You can find the link. Uh, it'll be going out over our Twitter feed here in 14 minutes, or you can just type in what I said it's going to list every contract signed after free agency begins. You can also check out Brewski's ridiculously in-depth and slightly ahem, nerdy, as I adjust my bifocals, look at how teams are spending their money. That's going to be updated throughout the day as well. All that stuff is at hoop-ball.com. If we could trouble all of you guys watching the show right now, and, and I'll repeat this again later, uh, give it a thumbs up on the YouTube page. Subscribe to our YouTube page. All of our podcasts, believe it or not, Fantasy NBA Today, uh, the if you're a premium member during the season, the Brooklyn Nets show, which <laughs> they got themselves some fun to work with now. Najee and, and Hunter are going to have themselves a, a wingding this year. The Lakers show, the Kings show, uh, upcoming shows yet to be released. The box score breakdown when it returns. 
Uh, we have two or three new shows that are coming up uh, that we'll be kicking out there in July or August. All of those actually get ported onto our YouTube page. This is a pretty good spot to uh, check out everything we got going on. So again, throw that thumbs up on there. Subscribe to the page. We will love you forever. You can see our Twitter stuff that's on this homepage. And of course, this is all brought to you by our good friends at Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Thank you, guys. I know we got... Listen, I feel like I shouldn't be doing this plug. Mike, I'm turning this one over to you. How, oh, yes. <laughs> uh, from a, on a scale of one to dead, how dead would you be without Hawaiian Isles over the last 365 days? I tell all my friends, um, all my buddies, like, get rid of the Starbucks app off your phone. Just get Amazon. They'll deliver it, like, next day by drone. Just drop it right into your coffee maker <laughs> for you and everything. Uh, this stuff's gold, man. Um, I... I just the sound of Hawaiian coffee just like sparked my interest right away. And, um, you know, once I, once I decided to go out there, I tried some. And then, again, I was about to refill. And there was uh, one of our awesome listeners that won one of our contests sent me a couple bags of it, too. Yeah, that was uh, his sweet. Win, his winnings. I'm literally on like one one scoop left of that right now. Mm, so uh, you're just milking it at this point. Yeah, no, the drone's gonna get a call. He'll be here soon. He's gonna be <laughs> dropping. He's gonna be dropping off. I'm gonna go with a few different flavors this time. I Ooh. think I had uh, mostly dark roast last time, so I'm gonna switch it up. Go a little lighter on the roast. Mm, I'm telling you, man. At H I Kona Coffee on Twitter, HawaiianIsles.com, or as Mike just mentioned, the easiest way, Amazon. Search for Hawaiian Isles. That that stuff is available. Prime. Uh, user's choice here. That will have a little bit of fun. Uh, Josh, I'm going to give you the next one since you got nets to start. Yeah. Where where are we going next? Who's the next uh, signee you want to talk about here? Oh God, um, non-net signee. Maybe I should throw that. Non-net signee. Yeah. Well, let's go. Let let's let's get a big name out here. Let's go with Kemba here. Okay. Let's yeah. Let's get a big name out going. Good call, Coach. You want to kick us off on Kemba? Kemba Walker. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I think that uh, I think he's going to fit right in there, just you know, in the same mold of of uh, like Isaiah Thomas was with them. I mean, I think it's just an exact Celtics replica. I mean, he's going to be a scoring guard and uh, uh, you know one of the best places to play in the Garden. I think uh, he'll do fantastic there. I think he's you know that he's the the cornerstone now. The question is, what are they going to do with the rest of the team? I mean, Horford is definitely leaving. That's 100% for sure based on something just that came out. He's uh, broken off any talks with Boston. So mm. uh, they, Baines is gone. They have no center. Uh, you know, Hayward's still on the rise back. So, you know, Kemba, I think, is a great pick in fantasy leagues. I think he's going to have a fantastic year. But, you know, the rest of the Boston team – other than Tatum and maybe Brown, a lot of question marks. They have a lot of filling in to do. Uh, certainly need to land uh, a decent center as well. But uh, I think Kemba's going to be fantastic this year. Mike? Uh, from from an actual basketball standpoint, I, it, didn't, it boggled me. It didn't make any sense to me. I, I just thought if he was going to, you know, leave Charlotte, it would be to a team where he'd be able to win now. You know, Lakers was one of the main standout teams where I thought he was going to go. Um, from a fancy perspective, I think uh, Coach hit it right in the head. He's going to kind of fill right into that role. He's still going to be taking on that big scoring. He's going to have the highest usage on the team. Um, and he's a respected player, too. I think I think these young guys in there are going to kind of give him a little bit more of an edge than they would have gave Kyrie. Uh, he's a little bit older. He's played in some big tournament games. He's hit big shots throughout his whole career. Um, and, and that means something to young guys. They kind of want to know how do you, how do you – how do you perform in that kind of situation? 
And when you can learn it from a guy like Kemba Walker, um, that's great. And when you can, he's once he hits one game winner over there, um, no one's going to remember about Kyrie Irving anymore. It's it's he's going Boston's going to absolutely love this guy. Josh, we'll loop it back around to you. I'm not going to lie, guys. I'll, I'm going to be the contrarian here. I have concerns. I have I I I don't think from a a fantasy or a a pure basketball perspective that he that Kemba won't produce. I think he will. I think he's going to be great. But I think the question is just how great he's going to be. There are a couple things uh, that I'm I'm just noticing uh, rather quickly is that uh, just I'll, I'll I'll spin this as both kind of fantasy and reality in, in a sense is that Kemba Walker last year. Uh, was on on a non-cat per game basis uh, was 21. Finished the season 21. Uh, Kyrie finished 11. Um, or excuse me, nine. Um, and one th- a couple of stats jump out at me. Is one is that uh, Kyrie did that on 18 and a half shots a game. Kemba did that with an additional two, so 20 and a half shots a game. And my concern is is that the the Hornets were uh, you know an offensive wasteland. And Boston has a lot of options uh, that uh, to score that Kemba isn't going to have to be that fourth scorer, if you will. The other thing I, I picked up last uh, was when I was doing, um, I think it was the postmortems with, with Mike, and I was doing the Nets. I had noticed that uh, the Nets run a lot of pick and roll, um, and the other team that ran as much pick and roll as D'Angelo Russell in the Nets was Kemba Walker and the Hornets. Um, and that is not something that Boston tends to do. The last three years, they're actually towards the bottom of the league in that. So I, my concern is, is where are all those points going to come from from Kemba Walker, um, given the way that the, the shots are going to get distributed at, uh, out of Boston. Tatum's going to want his. Uh, Jalen Brown's going to want his. Uh, and, and Gordon Hayward, let's just – last year was an off year for him, but they're going to need to justify that contract too. Mm-hmm. And hopefully he's got another year removed. I, I, if it's Kemba Walker, I, look, I don't doubt that he's going to be great and he's going to look great uh, playing for Boston. Just he, he felt to me last year, like a very scoring dependent point guard. And he was excellent last year. I just don't know if that, that same thing can happen for Kemba uh, next year. Uh, in Boston, in an entirely different situation, but again, could be dead wrong. Let me let me uh, react to that a little bit. A couple of things. I I see what you're saying, absolutely, but I think there's you're going to see an efficiency increase for Kemba. I mean, if you watch those Hornets games last year, everybody stood. I mean, you had Zeller and I mean just a bunch of non not good players standing around. Zeller set that high screen, and basically they double them. They would do. Kemba was the only option. Now that he has some space to kick it to and find an open spot for himself, I think you're going to see his percentages increase. He's always been a phenomenal foul shooter. I think his assists will go up because he's actually got competent guys to pass to. And I think, you know, I, I get that he may his usage may slightly go down. But if you look at the Celtics' pace, was a little bit faster than the Hornets. So that's going to help. And the fact that he's got – it's an addition situation of having better players around you. I think you'll see his stats go up. Plus, I think you got to make note of the rest of the Celtics team. Uh, Kyrie, let's face it, as awesome as he is, he was a terrible fit in Boston. 
young players, didn't get him at all. There was no connection there. Now you bring in Kemba, who's arguably the best locker room guy in the league, and you you put him with these young guys and embrace them. I think you're going to see all of their uh, statistics go up. I think they'll be a more efficient team. And they and I also think Ainge is one of the best general managers in the league. He knows that Kemba's strength is pick and roll. They don't have a center right now. You bet they're going to go out there and find a center that's damn good at the pick and roll because that would. I mean, he just always finds the right guys. So I, you know, I I say uptick with Kemba, uptick with all the Celtics. And then as far as the Hornets go, God forbid, I, I don't know if there'll be a, a Hornet go in the top 10 rounds. It's just it's poor MJ, man. I feel bad for him. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, at the same time, the reports are that they refuse to give Kemba the Supermax. So, you know, at this point, I, you know, I, I don't know what you can say on that front. You guys want to hear from the man who is probably almost driving himself to a state of full-blown nausea with everything going on. The great Brandon Marcus. You, you doing all right over there, buddy? I'm all right. I'm all right. I don't know about four more minutes if I'll be all right, but uh, for now, I'm okay. <laughs> do, you, do you need me to send you some Pepto? Because you know damn well I've got it. Yeah, you know, so far I'm okay, though. This whole Kyrie now going to the Nets, that's okay. I'm, I'm all right with that. Brooke Lopez going over to the Bucks. I'm good with that. I'm just waiting because all these tweets that you've been sending over the last week makes me think the Lakers are going to get 10 All-Stars. So I'm very scared. <laughs> I actually, I don't, off the board, I'm in good shape. I get happy about that. I don't know if they're getting any of them. Although, you know, now the, the Kawhi stuff is picked back up again today after it sort of dissipated a little bit. Yesterday, I, I, I honestly don't know what to believe at this point. Hey, uh, you know what I also forgot to do here in the opening frame now that we got uh, most of the faces here on the show? Uh, I want to make sure everybody knows where they can follow each of you on Twitter because I'm not fancy enough with graphics to get those to rotate uh, during the actual show. I don't have that many hands or computers, um, so uh, there's not like a clockwise thing I can do. Uh, <laughs> Brandon, your Twitter account, where can people follow you? At BD Marcus. Easy. Coach? At Joe Sarvati. That's J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I, also known as Coach. Uh, my lunatics on the Eastern Seaboard. Uh, Josh, how, where are you at on Twitter? At Josh Millman, M-I-L-L-M-A-N, at Josh Millman. Mike? Uh, you can find me at Mike Apatria, uh, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. And mine is actually on the screen because my face stays static on this thing. It's on. Sorry, guys. I'm okay. a bit of a narcissist over here. Uh, but whatever. You you guys knew that about me. I think me. we had a little bit of news just uh, strike across my feed. What do we got? Uh, nothing, nothing too strong. The Knicks are actually going at somebody. Uh, it just happens to be that they're meeting with Reggie Bullock tonight. Oh, uh, come on now. Not the free now. agent that uh, <laughs> Knicks, Knicks fans are probably hoping that they Ooh, that you know what, with. though? But wait, Mike, is this... Okay, so let's try to read between the lines a little bit. Are, are folks assuming that means the Lakers have to renounce Reggie Bullock's cap hold? Is that why he's suddenly popping up, or is this just timing is nothing here? Ooh, I'd have to look. In, I have to check that. Um, I'm not too sure about that. I think. I think. I think it was just like a timing is nothing, but uh, I could be wrong. I've got some good Knicks news just popped up. They're also meeting with Julius Randle. That'd be a nice ad. I mean, well, oh, but which one of us? I mean, we we sort of saw this coming, right? Like if they didn't get one of the big guys, yeah. 
The Knicks are going to be doling out cash over the oh, next yeah. little bit. And I, I say dolin. Good pun. Good pun. Thank you, Brandon. Yeah. Thank you very much. I appreciate okay. that. Okay, you're, you you're not allowed to come to the stadium. That's ever fine. Again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, all right, see you guys. I'll be back in a bit. You, who's, Brandon, you're hosting now. I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, my goodness, yeah, thanks. Uh, okay, but listen, from, from a standpoint of like they got to do something now, that's probably true. Uh, Fantasy-wise, Julius Randle could do a lot of stuff if he's the only man that's like has any offensive competency going to the New York Knicks, right? Oh, man, I'll tell you what. I, he would move way up my fantasy chart. That dude, he won some DFS tournaments for me. He doesn't care if his own guy's in the way. He'll elbow him out of the way to get the rebound. He's a he's a stats machine, that guy. I think he'd, you know... He, the Knicks may not win, but I, I'll tell you what, he'll be an, a valuable fantasy ad. Mm. Uh, Brandon, it seemed like you had something to follow on that one. Yeah, no, it just makes me think of your boy Mitch Robinson and oh. what that means yep. for him. And, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's, you always think with the Knicks that they're going to be bad. I mean, after this, you just feel bad for them, and they're going to be bad. The question is, does that mean that guys start resting down the stretch even if they're guys that you have a large contract towards and you wonder how long they're actually going to be there for. So it makes me worry. And I mean, obviously Randall's a guy that you'll gladly take. And it's the same thing. Like for DeMarcus cousins, I got him in a keeper league. I'm waiting to see where he ends up hoping it's a bad team where he gets high usage, but I mean, it's tough to tell with the Knicks and who they're actually going to play and who's going to get minutes. And yeah, I feel bad for Mitch Rob. I didn't want to interrupt Brandon, but I just wanted to say it's six, it's six o'clock on the East coast. Happy free agency, everyone! Happy free yeah. agency, everybody! And actually, the we got news too. Yeah, DJ Reddick, Pelicans. There you go. Uh, you guys heard that as a as a group thread right there. JJ Reddick has signed with the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, Thad Young has signed with the Chicago Bulls on a three year, forty one million dollar deal. The Thaditude is real. These are these are probably going to be pouring in very quickly, but. Um, Kristaps Porzingis, five years, $158 million with the Mavericks. <laughs> it's all happening. It's all happening, everybody. I need an, I need a freaking animated, uh, I will say GIF. I'm going to go with GIF instead of GIF on this one. I need an animated GIF just to replace <laughs> my face with on, on this show for the next little bit. What do you guys think about, uh, Mike, I'll come to you first on this one. What do you, what do you think about the fit of J.J. Redick joining the very young Pels? I mean, it's it's almost like what he just did over there in Philly. Um, you know, bringing a veteran guy who's played on a playoff team before, um, you know, show these guys how to win. I don't think he's expecting to win. He's just trying to secure the bag real fast. Um, I didn't see – how long was the contract for? Uh, it, uh, two. Two, how many years? Two, two, two years. 226, 220. How old yeah. is he? He's 34, 35. That I don't know. Yeah, he, he can end up going. He can go for one more when he's 39. He could pull a Corver and still get a ring out of this. <laughs> but he's, he's he can fit anywhere he goes. JJ Redick is is a cog that you can fit in any machine. Uh, he knows his role. He comes off screens and just nails threes. That's his job, and he's been doing his job for the past twenty years, uh, dating back in Duke. So, um, I I mean, I love the fit anywhere. I would have liked to see him stay in Philly just because I thought that um, he was a very very important piece to what they were trying to accomplish. Um, he was a great floor spacer for them. Made a lot of sense pairing him with Tobias Harris out there. So it. it it's a great move. Um, a lot of money, though. Thirteen million for Lonzo Ball, by the way, because you had, everyone's building up this Ball Holiday backcourt, and then all of a sudden now you bring in JJ. That's the weird thing is what's going to happen because JJ's not going there to sit on the bench. He's going there. You would think to start. Yeah, 
That's a yeah. That's a good point. Actually, the fit is uh, unusual. I mean, could they? Could JJ play the three? No, no. Ingram will play three. I think. I think Holiday's probably going to move. I, I got a feeling he may go. I had listened really? to. I mean, I, I can't you know substantiate that other than <laughs> an interview I saw with Griffin stating that you know the the type of team he was trying to put together, and it just sounded like they wanted to really make it a completely fresh start. I don't know. We'll see. I know Holiday's contract's pretty big, but uh, I think that uh, Reddick's a good ad for them. I think Griffin is the best. It was the greatest hire ever. I mean, you go from New Orleans being the laughing stock of the world with their failed trade and AD sitting out and everything falling apart, and all of a sudden they've got Zion and all these Lakers and picks and adding guys. I mean, man, you talk about turning around quickly. Um I mean, that's just amazing. The other note I want to say real quick, and then I'll... I'll... Nah, man, have at it. Listen, the less I have to talk, the better for my pipes. <laughs> the the other thing I want to say is what that tells me about the Sixers is they're going to back up the truck for Tobias Harris uh, and really give him the... the which upsets me because I know the Mavs were looking for, at Tobias as a, a top-notch guy, but it looks like to me... The rumored butler to Miami means Tobias is going to get a max deal with Philly to stay uh, with with Embiid and and crew there. So I think it's a, it's a good move all the way around. It does certainly feel that way. Um, sorry, uh, right. continue. You yeah, know, in case I'm I'm like I'm just I'm checking news. Sorry to interrupt. Dwight Powell agreed with the Mavericks. Yeah, and uh, I think we got that. And, and Gerald Green. Uh, Derek, Derek Rose, two years with with the, with the Pistons. I'm pretty sure we covered that, but I think it's official now. So. Yeah, well, hopefully we can get to a lot of these things. I, well, we're going to try to cover things kind of from the top down a little bit here. Um, Katie's the, official now, obviously, K- too, by the way. Yes, sir. On his Instagram page or his, his company's Instagram page, uh, Gerald Green, back to the Rockets for a year. That's probably one we won't get to cover in significant depth on today's show i'm guessing uh thad young 31 year old thad young three years 40 what is it 41 it just said with the bulls that's a that's a weird move yeah that's a A weird move from a basketball standpoint makes a lot of sense if somebody's going to give you you know 13 to 14 million dollars a year uh i assume that means they're going to play him because 31 year old guys who have 80 million dollars in their bank account uh are usually looking for playing time or rings uh, or or maybe like they a combination. Had a small forward last year, because I know they had Markkinen playing the four. Did they even have? I mean, they had Wendell Carter Jr. playing the five. I don't think they even had a legit three. Uh, Porter. Yeah, Otto yeah, Porter. Otto yeah. yeah, but was he a free agent or is he is he signed under contract? I think he's he there. signed that big. That Porter, big he signed, he signed a yeah, fat yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, so what, yeah. I don't know what he's doing over there either. <laughs> he's just gonna, he's, yeah, he's just going <laughs> to spell happening? spell minutes. Like, I think forget. they forget who's on their roster. Can I just say to Dan, Dan, your your D bomb old man squad I is do. in quite the flux this oh, offseason. Dude, don't remind me. Please don't remind me. My it, guy Nico uh, Miritich isn't even in the country Nick, anymore. Nico Nico left the country. Darren Collison retired. Thad just <laughs> sent, sent himself into an oblivion. And who else? Oh, the only guy that now has any semblance of upside is Marvin Williams because no one else in Charlotte's going to play offense. Yeah, Marvin Williams opting in might be the best thing to happen to the Dan Bespris old man squad since its inception. <laughs> this is, I can't believe it. Oh, free agency, you son of a bee. Uh, how about Jonas Valanciunas? Can we go there next until something yeah. crazy happens? Because this one is... Uh, this is a, this is fun. I like the fact that he re-upped. I was a little worried he might go somewhere else, but 
man, Memphis loves him, and we love Jonas's fantasy oh, game. Yeah. Is that, let me let me phrase the question this way: Is there anyone on this show that's not excited about this? Yeah, that silence is golden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> Falls over the crowd. <laughs> yeah. See, that was a better way than getting everybody screaming at the same time. Mike, what do you what do you think his upside is now? They've committed to him for three years. If if we're gonna see them play playing the sort of minutes that he was down the stretch, those thirty plus minute games, the ones that he was never able to get in Toronto, that he's got top forty upside easily, um, mm. easily, um, and he's a great fit over there playing next to uh, Triple J. Triple J can space the floor. Um, and then he's going to just clean up all of these missed. You're going to because Morant, he's a young point guard. He's I absolutely love Morant, um, but he's going to struggle with efficiency issues. And just to have a guy there to help clean up those second chance points is going to be fantastic for them. Uh, I I love the move. I think he makes the entire team better as a whole. Hmm. Uh, let me. I'm going to go right down the list of where I see your faces on my screen. <laughs> Josh, you're you're next on my bar here. I love it. Um, yeah, his upside, if he can stay with those 30, like up to those 30 minutes a night, I think, yeah, like Mike said, his upside's fantastic. Uh, I've got him in a, in a dynasty league and I'm thrilled that he decided to stay. I have one small caveat is that, um, a lot of his production last year came with triple J injured. Uh, and now they've added also Brandon Clark in the draft. Um, and Memphis, even though they are young and potentially exciting, they could also be a team that will probably like to lose uh, down the stretch, and I wonder how that will affect uh, Jonas's minutes uh, late in the season. But any case, I, I do expect – I mean, but look, you have to – my philosophy is you got to make the playoffs first to worry about that, but still – uh, I love, I love, I love it. But again, just the two small things to, to worry about, uh, with Jonas's overall value coach. Well, I, I think, uh, Josh hit it right on the nose right there. He, he put up most of those numbers with two big scenarios. One triple J was out and two, he knew he was playing for a contract and I, I like Joe Val. I really do, but I, he's not moved. I, you know, I'm not really crazy about drafting him as high as probably everybody else will. I think that his minutes restriction all the time, I mean, I don't see him playing more than 28 or 30 minutes a game. It just, he never has with Toronto. He seems to be better when he plays in spurts of, of shorter minutes. And, you know, I think they got a fair deal with signing him. The price was right, but I would, I'm still a little buyer beware on him. Brandon. Yeah, I loved him last year when I had him. He was a monster. I mean, he was putting up games 20 and um, When you help me win a league, I, I got allegiance to you, and I, I love you. And I, I'm very happy with him. Um, Mark Stein tweeting that Jeremy Lamb, by the way, has emerged as a potential, uh, I can't call him a Thaddeus Young replacement, but that's kind of what it what it seems like. Now, all of a sudden, Indiana is interested in a, in a wing guy uh, as soon as Thad announces that. that he's gone. That's a... Um, that would be an interesting replacement if that's a Ricky Rubio, Victor Oladipo, uh, Jeremy Lamb, and it sounds like Boyan Bogdanovich is probably gone. So is that Miles Turner and Demonis Sabonis as the starting five out there? That's what they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, yeah. Instead, they want Sabonis and Turner playing together. So we'll see how that actually works out. What do you, Brandon? What do you? What are your initial thoughts? Let's say all of that does come to fruition right now. As long as we're oh, by the way, Terrence Ross back with the Magic, four years, fifty-four million dollars. So that's. Uh, that one Whoa. you can throw on the list as well. And we'll talk about the Magic um, staying 
staying the course so far this free agency, bringing their guns back. Uh, but Brandon, let's say that that's what the Pacers look like next year. How many of those five guys are fantasy relevant? At times, all five, but mm. it, it worries me how good Turner and Sabonis are going to be because both those guys by themselves are great. But then last year we saw when one of them was hurt, one of them was healthy, they were fantastic. But you worry when they're playing together. I know they did it last year a little bit. I'm not sure how they actually did numbers-wise together, but it, it does worry me a little bit. Usage-wise, though, you're happy with Rubio as your point guard because he's not a guy that's going to go and take a ton of shots. Um, so I like it for the bigs, but it worries me to see how they're actually going to play together. Hmm. I'm going to go back down the runway here. Coach? Well, I, I just happen to look this up real quick. And when they didn't play a whole lot of minutes together on the floor, but when, when Turner and uh, Sabonis were on the floor together, Turner's stats went down by 16% and uh, Sabonis's went down by 14%. That's fairly substantial from a statistical standpoint. So are they going to take some rebounds and scoring away from each other? Definitely. But I think as time goes, it seems like their games will fit because Turner's more of a defensive shot blocking, you know, run the floor big and Sabonis is more of a post up, you know, back you down strong guy. So I think if once they get used to each other, uh, they'll do well together. But I think, you know, you got to worry a little bit about this statistical decline when they're both on the floor at this moment. Uh, Josh, any thoughts on on that and anything else that's been rolling through? I guess, you know, time being our friend here, I should probably ask you guys multiple questions at once. Whatever, I'm a bad host. <laughs> um, just as far as the Pacers go, uh, yeah, I have concerns about that front court pairing. Um, they were such a strong defensive team uh, last year, and I, but uh, I, I don't think that, Sabonis really kind of brings that defensive intensity the way that uh, Thad Young did, at least from a front court pairing with uh, with Miles Turner. And um, I'm curious to know how that will affect uh, both. Yeah, both player stats, like Coach said, uh, it's it's a little bit worrisome. Uh, that that's a team in flux. And don't forget, like towards the end of last year, I think they were kind of banged up. Uh, they they really didn't play well, and they got pretty much destroyed by a Celtics team that was dealing with a ton of issues on their own in the playoffs. So, and now losing these guys and, and losing Collison, basically replacing them with, with Rubio and then, uh, you know, losing Thad Young. I, I, I don't know. I, I, and, and oh, don't forget Tyreek Evans isn't there anymore, but with his suspension. So that, that's a team that's, I don't know. Like I, I'm, I'm a little concerned about all this. And Mike, not to be forgotten. Uh, no, I'm right there. I'm right there with Josh. I have a uh, little concern, like I said earlier in the show, the, this team had one of the best defenses in the league, and a lot of that was due to having uh, the, the league's leading shot blocker in Miles Turner, and then I'm pretty sure Thad Young led the league in steals um, or was up there. So those are two of your defensive cogs that got used to playing with each other. And, um, you know, Turner and Sabonis, they only played about 465 total minutes alongside of each other last season. So this wasn't something that they were confident in last year. So I don't know why they are now. Um, you know, the, the chip that they have with Sabonis, he's got, he is their trade, Ooh. their trade chip. And I thought that's one of the guys that they're going to utilize to kind of get a little bit more offense in there. And I thought they're going to keep that too, because he was the captain of their team last year. So, um, a lot of, a lot, looks like they're kind of taking this whole franchise in a different direction. Um, maybe trying to allow these, these younger guys to kind of step up and be one of those new captains, be one of those new leaders, um, Who's going to do it necessarily? You know, we're all probably thinking it's going to be Oladipo Turner, those two guys. But 
Um, there's a whole bunch of new pieces in flux and coming in, going out. It's they're going to have to find their identity, and it's it's going to be tough to see these guys play alongside of each other because as soon as something goes wrong, as soon as they start to struggle, um, that's what they're going to pull the plug on, and it's going to be trying to get a stretch for uh, someone a little bit smaller than Sabonis. They'll probably space them out eventually. I think they'll figure yeah. it out. They're going to they're figure out it's not going to work, and they're going to have to space them out. And like they may start together, but I feel like Mike, they'll probably end up just figuring it out where one of them plays more minutes in the second than the other. We do. Have, they, got, uh, they got TJ Warren too. So I'll tell you what else uh, is really huge. If let me they do uh, get- let me jump in real quick, Coach, and we'll come back to you. Trevor Ariza signing with the Sacramento Kings on a two-year, twenty-five million dollar deal. We can break that <laughs> down on. here D- momentarily. Bomb. Hold on. D- the bomb. What the hell? Did they, they just give a ton of money to Harrison Barnes? Yep. He's got the same body type as Trevor Ariza. <laughs> well, just in case I, one. I, I want to check their stat. They got to be the same height and length and everything. Uh, Can let's... somebody give me an amen for my earlier comment about Vlade? I mean, really? Come on. <laughs> he's, a, he's a nostalgic man, if nothing else. Uh, oh, this, is, this is strange. I, I would have thought uh, Trevor Reza, by the way, uh, happy birthday, Trevor Reza. He turns 34 today. Uh, 6'8", obviously, if we're, we're looking at height here. Strange, a little bit of a strange move. I've got to think this means that the Kings offer was a bit higher than what other teams were putting out there. That's $25 million over two years. That's not nothing for a guy that's already starting to get up there in age a little bit. Well, it also means they're knocking Horford. I mean, if you're going to give 25 million to Trevor Ariza, you got to think, right, that they're not going to give Horford because you want to keep the money that you can for a guy like that. The, the Kings are baffling. I, I I wanted to throw something in there before we get off that completely. Yeah, yeah, please. Because I I just this just struck me. I think this is a, a huge thing. It it looks as though Rubio is going to be the point guard for the Pacers, and he is absolutely known as one of the best deliverers of the ball. And that might be exactly what Turner and, and Sabonis need. That could be something that brings that entire squad together because Collison was really like to score. I mean, he wasn't a true one in the sense of, you know, he leading the league in assists, whereas Rubio is always in, you know, in the running for top assist guys. So just something to keep in mind, you know, I wouldn't, uh, I'd, I'd like Sabonis and Turner. I wouldn't run from either one of them. Uh, man, I don't even know if we should necessarily loop back around to the Kings. Let me take a quick promo break from all of this stuff. <laughs> Please, no, no. Oh, my God. I may have to put the sign back up on the damn treehouse. I finally brought it down last year. Heavens. Heavens, Kings. You're crushing me. Uh, This is, of course, the Hoopball free agency show. We're having some fun, you know. Trade deadline show. We got the Blazers on. Sport coats, I should say, not the Portland Trail Blazers. We got the Blazers. We got the suits and ties, all that stuff. This one's... A little hoop ball t-shirt action here. I got a Brooklyn Dodgers cap on because I thought, man, eh, you got to throw a little bit of something Brooklyn's way with today's way today's going. Uh, but those of you that are watching that are uh, maybe newer to the hoop ball contingent, welcome. Where it's a pleasure to have you. If you have a moment to throw a thumbs up on the uh, YouTube show we got going right now, follow us on Twitter at Hoop Ball Fantasy. Everybody's Twitter handles we went through them before: BD Marcus, Joe Sarvati, Josh Millman, Micah Patria. I am of course at Dan Basbris on Twitter. Uh, but most importantly, now that these things are becoming official, head on over to hoop-ball.com. We have the running 
agreements in principle thread where everything that's real is being cataloged. You can find it all in one place. It's very difficult to know when things are officially official. Names on the dotted line, all that. So, you know, the contracts can't sign for about a week longer. But we know what we're talking about at this point. Uh, that is going to be available at the HoopBall homepage, hoop-ball.com. You can also check out the great Aaron Brucey's thread on where all of the free agents are going and whether or not those deals are of high quality. And, of course, at the end of my madness here, the Orlando Magic add a new name to the mix, Al Farouk Aminu, three-year, $29 million with the Orlando Ma- uh, deal with the Orlando Magic. He joins the likely re-up of Nick Vucevic and the likely re-up here of Terrence Ross. Uh... Orlando, they are not content to turn this thing over to the Mo Bambas and young men of the universe. They are happy with what they did last year, and they're spending. Mike, I'm coming to you first on this one. Al Farouk Aminu fits into that team where, precisely? It's going to have to be off the bench for 22 minutes a game. Um, I I think we've already seen in the past, he's not a very reliable guy playing small forward. He's a power forward right now, and... You're going to play him over Aaron Gordon. Uh, it just seems like a lot of money just to try to, you know, take a stab at some at some names. And I, I, I'm not. I could be wrong. Wasn't his last contract a beast too? Did he make a lot of money for no reason last time? Yeah. Does this guy just keep getting tons. Of, he's Harrison Barnes stunt double. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Potter, by the way, hates Al Farouk Aminu and Harrison Barnes. If you guys are not <laughs> at this point, uh, I'll look up his money while you guys continue. Or you're 30 with at Portland. Oh, there you go. Brandon, a spot Johnny on the spot there. Uh, he has thirty five. He has thirty five total million dollars in his uh, NBA career. So this is, I mean, this is going to basically double that for him. I just, I don't understand. Is anybody, any of you guys, feel free to leap in here? I really don't understand where he fits because they have Aaron Gordon already playing the four. Uh, I. I there's no, there's no real space for him. They got Vooch and Bomb at the five. Better not take a minute from Jonathan Isaac. I, I, I was just about to say, Mike. I mean, you've got like one of the most promising, like young forwards, like uh, on your team, and, and Jonathan Isaac. And we've been like just waiting for the breakout. And then you're thinking, oh, does does Vooch resign? All right, even if he resigns, it's fine. That's not a big deal. It didn't take any, anything away from Isaac. But you know, now bringing in. Uh, Aminu to this mix where it's like what does does Aminu like play point guard did I did I miss some like parallel universe where he can like bring the ball up and like in transition and get these guys open looks I really don't know and and here before the Aminu signing I was about to defend the Orlando Magic for trying to run it back with Terrence Ross and these guys because they were actually really really good in the second half of last year and making the run that they did to get into the playoffs so perhaps they're thinking, you know what, maybe the second half was more indicative of who they are than they were in the first half of the season. But then they do this, and I'm like, guys, come on. Like, just, I take it all back. I get, the, I get the feeling here, uh, just leaping in, that this is, Brandon, you and I were actually texting about how there's these different tiers of free agents, and they always come off the board in in two distinct waves. There's the There's the domino free agent tier, where certain guys know that they're going to get the money from the teams that don't get the max free agents. And those are the guys that are just like one click down from the top dudes, like the Julius Randles, who we talked about before, who's obviously not going to be a first choice for a team, but somebody that misses out is going to go spend too much. And then you, as you move down the list into sort of the 
like really good role players, they're going to be out there trying to get their 10 to $12 million a year right now before they run into a situation where it's a bunch of teams with you know mid-level and room exceptions trying to get you for five or six. So we're seeing all these five or six million dollar guys taking their nine to $12 million right out of the chute. I think we're going to see a pause here shortly where everything's going to wait on Kawhi Leonard. The, the fact that these are the guys that are getting this money doesn't surprise me that much because they know if they wait, they're going to end up with those exceptions and veteran minimums deals where uh, guys that are a click up from them are actually waiting for the accidental max contracts. Coach, Coach, do you agree on that one? Well, you know what? I I actually am going to defend Orlando a little bit here. I mean, they haven't been relevant in a long time. I think the fact that, that you know, they re-signed their guys that helped, you know, them really make a, a run at the playoffs last year. And, you know, they, they have Markel Fultz, who could turn out to be phenomenal steal, a point guard. You, can't, you don't want to forget about that. You never know what's going to happen with that guy. I mean, he's, you know, he he's put up a triple double, you know, in like 12 games played with the Philly. So, you know, I, I like I, Steve Clifford's a, to me, an outstanding coach. I thought it was a great sign for Orlando when he went there last year, he turned the franchise around pretty quick. And, you know, guys like Aminu, as much as we're saying, you know, oh, man, I mean, he's a terrible guy for fantasy and DFS and all that, but when you're building an actual team, and you need a guy off the bench to come in and put be a complete stopper on the other team's best guy. He's going to do that. And he's going to hit, you know, he's a three and D guy that can knock a few threes down. Uh, I like what Orlando's doing. I think they're going in the right direction, uh, bringing Vuk back. I think he's awesome. And, uh, you know, with the young guys that they have in place now, and if Fultz pans out, look out, they may be okay. Brandon, my question for you, based on what we talked about, and I don't, I, there's so many names out there. Is this sort of following what we thought we'd see with this like weird grouping of tiers of guys? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's guys that, like you said, um, that are role players. The guys like Derrick Rose that may a little bit older, and if he waits, he may have to settle for something like four or five mil. Instead, he got a little bit more. Guys like JJ Redick are going to get paid, and, and it makes a lot of sense. I mean, you look at the top guys that are probably left. And you have your Kawhis, you have your Butlers, your Russells, your Harris, Brogdon, Redick, obviously now off the board, Bogdanovich, Horford, all those guys, those are guys that are going to get paid. No matter what, they're getting paid. And so Aminu, I mean, he probably knows he doesn't fit perfectly with Orlando, but he also is going for that money. I mean, it's clearly not one of those situations where he's going somewhere where he's going to try and win a championship. It's it's where he can get the most money. And Mm -hmm. in this case, I mean, it makes sense. Mike? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with both you guys. It's just at the end of the day, um, Orlando knew they weren't going to be one of those teams taking a stab at one of these max kind of guys. So they knew they weren't going to have the, the money tied up. And that's where Al Farouk Amino, and I'm sure his agent told him he can capitalize. Uh, if he signs an early deal, he's going to be able to get those second-tier teams, those low-end playoff teams, maybe the teams that have, haven't made playoffs in a year or two, um, to spend up a little bit more. Um, the teams that are contending, like we said, the L.A. teams, the the New York teams, those guys who are going to go out there and take a stab at a couple max guys, they're not going to put any money invested into these second tier, third tier, fourth tier type of free agents because um, they want to have all the money available. They don't want to tie it up. So this is where you see these second these secondhand teams kind of come in and overpay for guys. Um, we see it happen all the time. Um, I, if we look at Charlotte, I'm pretty sure that's half of their team right now is overpaid second tier, <laughs> third tier free agents. Wait, let's so. let's use that as a segue point. We have not talked about the fact that Terry Rozier is going to be making almost $20 million a year. 
More than Kemba Walker was. Unbelievable. More than he made, I think, yeah, isn't it? I saw uh, Duncan Smith, I think, tweeted that the Rozier deal, three-year, $58 million, is basically the entirety of what Kemba made during his time in Charlotte. What the hell's going on out there, Mike? Are you talking to me or Michael Jordan? (laughs) (laughs) Well done, good sir. Point, Micah Patria. It's it's a it's lack of a better words. I know we're live. It was it's a shit show. Um, this this franchise is showing that they're not one that's going to attract destina- a destination spot for any free agents in the future. Um, it's where guys go and retire and just kind of rot. Uh, they they struck out on I don't know how many draft picks over the past ten years. Um, they're going to continue to probably do it because for some reason they just want to keep drafting Frank Kaminsky stunt doubles. Um, they think for some reason that's the future and the way to go. It's coming. Yeah, but uh, with that being said, the Terry Rozier will have some fantasy value regardless. Are you at all worried about the chucking aspect, though? He's an an awful shooter. Yes, I am completely worried about that. He's going to be a terrible shooter. He's going to put up terrible percentages, but he's a guy that feels like he's playing with a chip on his shoulder, that he has something to prove, and he's getting his chance. Um, You know, he's going to have some decent bodies down towards the basket with Cody's as bad as Cody Zeller is. Uh, he can finish on a pick and roll, and he's halfway decent defensive metrically. Like he doesn't show up in blocks and all the good fantasy stats, but he's halfway decent on defense. So he's gonna he's gonna stay his, you know play his way on the court and probably see about twenty eight minutes. Uh, I I do like Rozier. Depending on where he's gonna go, I think the height might get a little bit overblown, and he's gonna get a little overdrafted. But if you can get him, uh, I was just telling you before, I, I just took him in a mock. Uh, maybe I think what is it, the eleventh round. Can we talk about um, the fact that you're doing a mock draft right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a degenerate. If you if you didn't if you didn't watch any of our live shows, I'll just come out and forthright say it. I'm a degenerate when it comes to Me fantasy too. sports. <laughs> yeah, I think we're doing. Much by the way, for uh, Ricky Rubio to the Pacers, that's not happening. Ah. Three years Ooh. to 51 with the Suns. The Suns! So you're saying, dark horse. So you're saying, hold on, hold on. My D'Angelo Russell to the Pacers, wild dark horse. It's ball, not dead yet, man. It's Bogdanovich. not dead yet. And Boyan, Boyan Bogdanovich to the Jazz, four years, 73. So we did get a pair of stories here. Woo, Ricky. Rick, if, uh, if Milwaukee doesn't sign. Wow. Holy Bogdanovich. hell. Okay. Let, let's figure That's out what. That's a signing for Phoenix. I like that. What? So, Why? Wow. But they have like because four they, point that, guards. They that don't they, have a point guard, man. Yeah, but it's uh, I don't love that. Rubio. Jeremy Lam- Jeremy Lamb to the Pacers, by yeah. the way. Sorry to throw yeah. Oh, so oh that's official God. now. How are oh. they gonna how are they gonna field a team in Charlotte? I I don't even think I mean you have any you have any uh are you available, Patria? I think you could probably play the wing for them this year. I'd here come love the tier to. three guys. Uh, <laughs> here come the t- tier three and tier four guys with Rubio, Lamb, Bogdanovich, and and, and Malcolm Brogdon now. Yeah, Brogdon. Bucks wow. working on a sign-in trade with Malcolm Brogdon. Well, I'm sure glad we broke down what Indiana would look like if they brought in Rubio <laughs> and Jeremy Lamb. That was, <laughs> yeah. that was time. Can we well rewind and edit that, please? All right, we'll just edit that out of the middle of the show, everybody. Welcome to the new start of this free agency live show. Okay, the Bucks now look like they're setting up to be Malcolm Brogdon, Victor Oladipo, uh, Jeremy Lamb. Uh, Demonis Sabonis and Miles Turner as a starting five. I actually think I like that better than the other one. Malcolm Brogdon is great. I love Brogdon. I love Brogdon. Yeah, he's a oh, really good. The actual trades coming out. Indiana's trading a first rounder and two future seconds. Uh, Milwaukee for Brogdon. Mm. Wow. 
Wow, that's just, fantastic. That's a great yeah. pickup for them, man. He Brogdon alongside Oladipo when he's healthy. Look out. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic move. That's a that's a pretty good haul for Milwaukee, too, on a guy they probably couldn't afford to bring back. Right. That's exactly what I was right. about to say, Dan. It's just it's a testament to the front office because Brogdon was what was he? He was a late first. And look yeah. what they just get back from him. They got so much second round pick. Second round. It was yeah. second. Yeah. Yeah. Of the year. yeah. And they're getting back a first and two seconds. And wow. they, they got they got their use out of the guy. And not for nothing, he's coming off a pretty rough injury as well, wasn't it? Was it uh was what was he dealing with last year? Planner? Was it someone wanna step in? I can't <laughs> honestly, exactly remember. Honestly, Probably. It's been it's two months ago and it feels like eighty five yeah, years. Yeah, no, right. Who who can keep track of these things? Yeah, well, probably like, Hoopball. Somebody, please. Go to Hoopball and just roll back the feed. <laughs> Good heavens. Uh, by the way, Brogdon is uh, agreeing to an extension after the trade. Uh, eighty four year eighty five million dollars with the Pacers. So the sign and trade followed by uh, getting twenty one and a quarter million dollars a season. That's what we heard, by the way, that he was likely to get somewhere in that twenty million dollar range. And for people that are are listening, are sort of not maybe up on the Brogdon thing because he was basically like a fourth or fifth wheel in Milwaukee. He had a 50-40-90 season this last year. He is the pinnacle of efficiency and is going to be a fantastic fit next to anything. I mean, that's the kind of guy you can drop onto any basketball team and he's going to be a good fit. That's I I love it. I love the I love the move and I said on a uh, a different show, it wasn't Fantasy NBA today. I said on some other show recently that I really was hoping the Pacers would find a way to wiggle through this free agency without losing everybody. And uh, this is great for them. That that's a that's a massive jump over uh, Ricky Rubio, who is more like a thirty-five <laughs> something ninety guy. So you got the free throw percent the same between those two dudes, but Brogdon just you know leagues and bounds better on the offensive side of the ball. So that was fun. That was a little bit of a flurry here. Brand new looking Indiana. Uh, where do they fall in the Eastern Conference now, Coach? I'm, I think you were in the middle of talking when we we launched into all this stuff. Is Indiana now a threat? Uh, to to win the East, because I mean, let's we don't know where Kawhi's going yet, but it's looking like Philly's going to lose one of their two guys. Boston lost Kyrie and Horford. I know they got Kemba, but the East looks wide open all of a sudden. Well, I I think the the bottom line is for the next five or six years, the 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 East is going to go through Milwaukee. Yeah. I mean, I know they lost Brogdon and that hurts, but man, they're loaded with you know they've got Bledsoe and Middleton and and Giannis is going to be signed to a Supermax. They're going to be all locked in. Now, giving, you know, plus they got those extra picks now, too. That's going to help them, you know, fill in some spots. I think that was such a great move for them. So I think they're the, you know, they're going to be the team to beat for quite a while. But uh, no, that I'll tell you, the question is when is Oladipo going to be back? And is he going to be at 100%? Because I know he's not supposed, uh, he's supposed to be out at the very beginning of the year uh, for a little while. But if he does come back, and he's healthy, and they get that mixture in there with that Sabonis-Turner thing going. I mean, they, they certainly have the talent to do it. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I think uh, that's that's a really chips-all-in move for them, though, to trade away that many draft picks. But uh, more power to them. they got to go for it. We, uh, we got a question, by the way, in the chat room that we, we sort of touched upon very early in the show. Uh, Josh, so I'm going to throw it back to you now because we're about an hour in. Um, what what happens to Karis Levert? I think you touched on Jared Allen a bit. Um, can they? Is there enough to go around without KD this year? And then what about in the future? I think without KD this year, there's opportunity. Um, 
I, I I just think it's going to be hard to figure out on a game by game basis. I think uh, over the course of the season, I have no problem picking a whole bunch of nets uh, on any of my fantasy teams because I, I think they all have different skill sets and they can all get to that kind of top 100 range uh, that you need to fill out your roster. Uh, I think Karis Levert, uh, they're still going to need a secondary score to, uh, to Kyrie Irving with no KD. And I think for a while, I mean, before D'Angelo's breakout, he was becoming their primary scorer. Forget their secondary scorer. Harris was becoming their primary guy. He was their go-to guy that they wanted the ball in his hands in the fourth quarter. So uh, he was kind of having that top 75-ish season before the injury. Uh, he, 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 he struggled when he got back, but he was starting to flash that, that look again in the playoffs. So I think he, you know, they're going to need a complimentary score to, to Kyrie. I think he can be that guy. Uh, and I still think there's room to grow in his game, but I also think they have guys like Joe Harris, like Spencer Dinwiddie, like Torrey and Prince, who can go off on any given night. Thomas so Bryant, by the way. Uh, leaping in here, and then Josh, I want you to finish that thought. Thomas, oh, yeah. Thomas Bryant agreeing to a three-year, twenty-five million dollar deal to stay with the Washington Wizards. That's a big-time hoop ball guy right there. So we're gonna oh, we're gonna get to that in just a second. Josh, uh, finish up your thoughts on the Nets. Now, apologies for jumping in. No, no worries. I, I mean, that kind of wrapped it up. I think on a night by night basis, I think he the, the Nets might drive a lot of DFS players kind of nuts uh, if they're all healthy, uh, other than Kyrie Irving. But I think over the course of the season, there's a lot of value on this team, and they're going to want to push the tempo. They're going to want to score, and I think a lot of guys on that team are capable of doing it. Mm. If, if I could, I'd like to touch up on that, too. I, I agree everything Please. with Josh said, but I, I actually think this is the time, if you're if you're in Dynasty Leagues, to take a stab at Levert if owners are panicking because yeah. um, mm. he's, going to, he's going to produce this year, and owners are going to panic. They're going to think Durant's coming back, but he's actually a restricted free agent in uh, after next season. So um, they... They're going to have a tough time matching anybody's offer if they decide to throw some money at them. And if they're going to pay him that much money where the Nets can't take a stab back and match that, it's he's going to be getting usage wherever he's going, I'm thinking. So this might be a good time to look at him in dynasties. Mm. Distress, distressed assets. We love them here at HoopBall. HoopDashBall.com is the website. Throwing out a couple of promos here as we head into the last uh, 25 minutes or so of this show. Obviously, if something crazy happens right at 4 o'clock Pacific, we will break that down as well. But that is the unofficial target time uh, for when we'll let some of this stuff mellow for a tad. And then you can obviously follow all of our stuff on Twitter. Uh, <clears throat> the Twitter handles for everyone at BD Marcus, at Joe Sarvati, at Josh Millman, at Micah Patria, at Dan Vespers. Largely name functional Twitters. Nothing nothing silly and fun in this group. What a disaster. I got to get Neil back on here so I can have at ball with Neil and I can make up a new Twitter handle for him every single time I do a show with the dude. Uh, Neil, hope everything's going okay, man. I know he said uh, had something personal come up, so uh, hopefully everything is A-OK on that front. Uh, Thomas Bryant, he was a hoop ball guy. He was the, the quiet producer who had one huge game every three and floated his value into the top 100 for four months, and then all of a sudden they turned him loose for just a little bit at the end of the year, and it was bonanza time. Um... But I honestly don't know what the Wizards' plan is. Uh, obviously, they like him if they're going to give him $25 million over the next few years. Is this a guy? Uh, Brandon, I'll start with you, and we'll work our way down the, the bar here. Uh, I, I want to get your thoughts actually on two guys here in this section, and they're totally different guys on totally different teams. But I, I got so caught up in the Indiana Pacers side that I didn't really talk about the Ricky Rubio side. 
So Rubio to the Suns, uh, Bryant back to the Wizards. Your thoughts on those two signings? I'll start with Bryant. I don't, I don't love it I just because I don't like Scotty. I mean, I just, I just don't trust how much he's actually going to play. Yeah. We saw last year he would play 10 minutes in a game, and then he would go and play 30 the next, and it's too unpredictable. I don't want a guy on my team that I have no idea how many minutes he's actually going to play. Um, that was weird at the end of the season where he would start some games, come off the bench, play more minutes sometimes off the bench than he would getting the start. It just didn't make sense. I don't. I just don't trust what they're doing there yet. Um, the Rubio thing, I know Coach loves it. I, I just don't like the fit. It's weird. I, I, I don't trust Phoenix at all is the better way to put that. Um, Rubio is obviously going to start. He's going to put up numbers. But what kind of numbers? How good is that team going to be around him? I just don't think they're going to be very good. And because of that, I just don't love it. Mm. Coach, those two guys, Ricky Rubio, uh, Thomas Bryant, what are you thinking about them next year? Well, you know, I have the opposite opinion of Brandon on Rubio as far as a fit. I as as long as he goes with a t- went with a team where he could be alongside like an Oladipo now with a Devin Booker. I mean, Booker other than Curry to me is the best shooter in the league. So the fact that you know you just need him to distribute. Rubio is never going to be a great field goal percentage guy, but a guy that can distribute and he'll he'll have a ton of assists, lobs to Aiton. And they do have some decent young guys coming up. I think uh, they're a team on the rise a bit, and uh, I think Rubio will be a good fit there. So, you know, we'll, it'll be yet to see, but, you know, it definitely increases to me Booker's value as well. He now goes to elite status in my book. He doesn't have to worry about handling the ball all the time. He can get himself to a spot and score. I think he'll he'll be one of the best three-point shooters in the league for quite some time. Um Second to Curry, of course. And then as far as Thomas Bryant, I'm, I'm a massive Thomas Bryant fan for a couple of reasons. We, uh, you know, he was a guy that I was, uh, following even before I got involved with hoop ball, seeing him at the summer league with the Lakers back about four, four years ago or so and, uh, have him on one of my dynasty teams. So I was worried he was just about out of the league and to see him, you know, when he hooked up with Washington, that was awesome. And he played so well. Now, the one, there's two things. One, agree, I agree with Brandon on. Scott Brooks is a weird coach. I don't like his rotations, what he does. Not sure why they, you know, kept him there. I thought he was going to get fired. But the, the, there is a, a silver lining to the Brian thing is they did, I did see an interview with about 20 games left in the season last year where they said they were going to rotate split time at center between Brooks, or I'm sorry, Bryant and Porter. And they wanted to see how that was going to work out. They knew they weren't going anywhere and, you know, they wall was out and they just wanted to try to fill, figure out what they were going to do. So as far as Bryant goes, I would watch and see where Portis lands. If Portis, my, I, he's a free agent, you know, he still may go somewhere else. If he does, to me, that moves Bryant into, okay, this guy's actually going to get 30 minutes a game and be a stud. Uh, if not, uh, you know, like Brandon, I'd be a little worried because I don't know what their rotation is going to be. But I love the energy the guy has. He plays his tail off every night. And, uh, you know, I hope that they give him the minutes that he deserves. Now, maybe now that they're paying him, they will because he can put numbers up. Uh, Josh, thoughts on Rubio, thoughts on Thomas Bryant, and also the sort of resultant note here that came across Twitter that with the Jazz likely to sign Boyan Bogdanovich, they will have to uh, let Derek Favors walk away. So that's just sort of a little uh, side deal. By the way, Rodney Hood 
will be back with the Trailblazers on a two-year, $16 million deal. This um, surprised me. I was I was getting ready to fire the engines up for, for Bazemore and Mo Harkless, but they brought in another wing there. So let's make this a smorgasbord. Millman, I got names coming out of my... But you know what? I'll, I'll try to do this rapid fire. I'm going to split the difference between Coach and Brandon on the Suns. Uh, just I, I want to be optimistic about the Suns, but the Suns are the Suns, so I can't really, you know, I can't pay too much, you know, mind to that because in theory, Rubio should be great, a great pairing with a Devin Booker. In theory, Dario Saric should be a great pairing with DeAndre Ayton, and then in reality, they're the freaking Suns. So I don't, this could go any which way for them, but you know, I look, the Suns needed a point guard. Ricky Rubio is a point guard. So there you go. Uh, I mean, that, that's really, <laughs> that, that I feel like was the Suns mentality going into this. Um, uh, I'll shift over to Bryant. Now I, I, I do like uh, the Bryant signing from a fantasy perspective. I don't know that I necessarily like it from any other perspective, um, I really do hope that Scott Brook just lets him play because that team is going to be terrible. So just let the kid play. You <laughs> signed him, give him the minutes, and then we'll all be happy. Uh, yes, the uh, the Portland Trailblazers, I'll go to Rodney Hood. They have a mess of wings now. Um, I did like the trade when they got Rodney Hood last year, and now I just I, I struggle how that rotation is going to uh, to shape out. And the Utah Jazz, uh, I think, are for real. They are a threat. Whether, uh, Dan, you and the Lakers like that or not, that's a, that's a heck of a team. Uh, even without favors, I'm sure that they'll try to find someone to back up uh, Rudy Gobert at, at the center spot on the cheap uh, and go from there. But I still like the, I still like the signing. I think it does kind of hamper uh, from a fantasy perspective, uh, all, there, there's going to be an even distribution of, of, of scoring in minutes across from Conley, from Donovan Mitchell, from Smoke and Joe, from now uh, Boyan. That, that's, that's a lot of mouths to feed on that team, but they're going to be a really good basketball team. Mike, you, get, you had to go last on this one. A lot of stuff has been happening. You just talk about whatever the hell you want at this point. I'm, I'm throwing my cards up in the air. <laughs> I can do another uh, Wine Alicona coffee shout-out. Um, <laughs> we'll take after. it. Uh, I mean, I love the Bryant move. The only thing that's keeping me um, a little bit hesitant is that, you know, that guy Dwight Howard is still there, um, unfortunately. So is he, is he healthy next season? Is he playing? Or are they just going to say, you know, ride the pine until we can find a place for you? He's, you know... If that's the case, if we know Brian's playing 30-plus minutes, I love him. I absolutely love him. But we don't know that just yet. So I'm, I'm keeping my uh, my expectations tampered. He was actually in my queue as my very next pick for this mock draft. <laughs> and I'm a little upset about that now because of this came out. My last pick, um, I mean, it's a mock draft at the end of the day. It doesn't really matter. But yeah. I wanted to have the best mocked team. And uh, that might that might hamper it. As far as Rubio, it's it's. I think Josh hit the nail on the head. It's literally FOMO for them. They didn't want to miss out on another year of not getting a decent point guard. They've struck out the past five years, so uh, they were desperate. And it's just you know, secure the bag, get the guy. You know, we know what he can do. We know his game at this point. We know that we don't need a point guard to, you know, be a scorer. We need someone to facilitate this offense, especially for these young guys. And. I just don't know how he's going to fit there personally. Um, Aiton's a back to the basket kind of center. 
Uh, it's it's going to be a little bit different. He likes to play with the ball in his hands for a couple of seconds at a time before he puts up a shot, and that's going to affect Rubio's assists a little bit. Uh, the Dan Bespers old man squad might end up just being Mo Harkless next year is my take <laughs> when this when this whole thing settles. The only thing Portland doesn't have is a power forward, and of all of these guys, the only one of those dudes that can actually play power forward is Mo Harkless because he's like 6'9". How old is Mo? How old is like, Mo? It is, he's only 26 he's or something. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I was going to say. He's, he's not an old, old man squad. His legs or his body, it's heart. His knees are definitely old, but yeah. Yeah, but that's the thing. Himself is not old. That's what you got to take into account here. The Dan Bespris old man squad is not based on actual birth age. <laughs> it's, it's, on, it's on joint age. Uh, yeah. And Mo Harkless's <laughs> joints are far older than 26. So he's... He's definitely allowed on the squad. <laughs> I think <laughs> chat room's getting a laugh out of that one as well. Every, I mean, everybody with with Rodney Hood coming in that puts a, a big thump into Kent Bazemore. At least from for me, from a fantasy standpoint, when you look at some of this stuff, I haven't weighed in on a ton of these things today. Uh, and believe me, I will. I'll be going on a, a mad Twitter rant at some point today. Just when all of this, when the dust settles. Um, from a fantasy standpoint, I actually like Ricky Rubio in Phoenix because I think with them giving him $50 million over three years, they're basically saying you're going to play point guard. And even though they had all these sort of fringy young guys that they tried to stick in there, and then Tyler Johnson, who's not really a point guard anyway, Rubio's going to play, and he's going to be allowed to play in a way that, that Utah wasn't okay with, uh, which is a little bit more, I think, probably like things were in Minnesota where he can gamble. So I think the steals are going to be pretty high on a bad team getting up and down the court. Uh, the assists are going to be colossal because he's just going to hand it to someone and they're going to immediately fire it up at the rim. So tempo uh, tempo is going to be good. Uh, I don't, I mean, the team is going to be uh, I don't, words that I, I refuse to, I, I've made a promise to myself. I wasn't going to say them uh, on a, on a live show, but team's probably not going to be very good. But I think this is going to be a little bit of a, a resurgence for his fantasy value because he was sitting outside the top 100 for, for long stretches last year. Brandon, I've, I feel like I haven't heard from you in forever. We have all these things going on, and I'm trying to go down the list. Thoughts on the, the flurry here as we hit basically what I'm going to call about a 10-minute mark on our show? My thoughts are uh, basically what everybody's been saying. I mean, we, we, we agree, we talk, we're, talking about, we're talking right now about guys that are mediocre and ones that are not going to be in the top 75 most likely when all is said and done i mean we're talking about portland wings you're talking about mo harkless you know that we're at the point now we're just waiting for the big guys to sign the one guy that i'm kind of curious to see if he decides to get money or he decides to wait and maybe go for fit is danny green yeah someone that you could easily see get paid now but if he doesn't and he decides to wait he could get screwed over by a couple of million dollars. So you wonder if he decides to wait for a guy like Kawhi or Jimmy to figure out where they're going, or if he decides to just get his money and run. Yeah, because he could easily get, one would assume, what J.J. Redick just got, two-year 27. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's got to be a, a given, because he's J.J. Redick with better defense and then like <laughs> seven years younger or something like that. I lose track of how old all these guys are. Uh I, the the reports that I had seen on Danny Green, and, and someone can jump in if I miss any of the details on this, is that he's actually waiting because if Kawhi returns, then he also wants to run it back with Toronto. That was what I had heard, but I don't know where... I don't have the source offhand. There's so many damn things I'm trying to keep on a notepad document over here that, you know, trying to remember who tweeted it out. Uh, Mike, Josh, Coach, did you guys hear anything different than that? 
I, I know the Mavs are talking to him. Uh, you know, that was one of the, the fill-in guys. They were looking for uh, a spot-up shooter, you know, to spread the floor for Luca and Porzingis. But, you know, we'll, again, I think it was he was going to wait until Kawhi's decision to make a decision. And I think the market's always going to be out there for him. He's not like an Aminu because he's, you know, just a, a really good 3-and-D guy that's got championships under his belt multiple ones and so he'll he'll find the right place for him uh and the right dollars i think i don't know if he'll get as much as reddick i don't believe he will but i think that uh you know he'll stay in toronto if Kawhi stays if not maybe the mavericks or somebody of that sort uh josh when do we think we hear from Kawhi leonard and do we hear from Kawhi leonard <laughs> in any way yeah. I, I hope within the next, <laughs> i hope within the next eight minutes i know uh, we're running out of time I, Kawhi. Honestly, like Kawhi could make his announcement. Like, I mean, he could, like, I don't know. He could tell his Uber driver tonight, like, and just <laughs> and that's how we'll find out. I, I, I don't know. I, I like, it, I seriously think it might be days. I don't, I don't even, I don't, I don't have the answer. Like, because Kawhi is just an enigma. If you had asked me at the start of of the year, or even now, if free agency, I would have said he's gone to the Clippers. That was that was my. Hundred percent, like that's where he's going. That was before, you know, the Lakers created their max slot. That was before, you know, e- even the 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 Raptors going on their run, run and winning the championship. If gun to my head right now, I think he's doing a one and one with with Toronto. Uh, I, I discussed that with with Neil when when I did the pod a few days ago. I think that that's the most likely scenario, especially if you know, I think Marcus all opted back in. Um, you know, the East right now is kind of a, like, like we discussed earlier, it's, it's a wide open mess and, you know, the Warriors are, are now depleted. The West is, is kind of wide open also when you think about it, what's to stop Kawhi from saying, you know what, I, we won last year before the Raptors need to kind of make big decisions with Pascal Siakam. Why not run it back? We've, we've got a championship caliber team again. Let's run it back. I agree. Logic would dictate that that's the smart play. And this is coming from a Laker fan. I'd love to see him in purple and gold. But the smart play that any regular old person would do is say, let's defend for a year. Let's defend our title. Uh, Everyone comes off the books in Toronto. Brandon, you and I have talked about that a million times. Their books are just insane. Uh, But listen, I mean, (laughs) Brandon knows. I know. We've been talking about Kawhi for weeks. He's a Clippers guy over there. I'm a Lakers guy. Kawhi is not your standard NBA mind from everything we've seen. And Brandon, you're hanging in there okay. You look all right. Yeah, it's because I, I agree with Josh. It's going to be a couple of days. I, I don't think we're going to know. I think he's actually going to take meetings. Uh, apparently, unlike Kevin Durant did, I don't know how that happens, where all of a sudden he signs <laughs> right when the deadline uh, occurs and you're not allowed to meet with any team. So that's weird, but. That's clearly no tampering in the NBA. No. Uh, <laughs> Only the Lakers tamper. Come on. Can we just all agree that that's a pretty ridiculous thing? It's either find everybody or don't. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, what, why find them for dealing with Paul George when you clearly had Kevin Durant meet with Brooklyn before anybody was even allowed to talk to teams? So that was weird. I, I think um, he was in New York at one point, too, because uh, I think <laughs> Charles Oakley put up like a photo or something yeah, yeah. of him with him. And he's like, you know, uh, trying to get my main man here or something like that, trying to show him the ropes in NY. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, um, the Knicks, and then they realize, oh, wait, no, it, it's not. It's <laughs> you know, uh, I, I went on a, a major 
Twitter tirade earlier uh, today. I, I, I can't believe the NBA is – they are such the forerunner of any pro league. They are all – I mean, they've marketed themselves, so they're 12 months a year. They're, I mean, they're brilliant. I think Silver's the best. But this whole entire situation with the free agent deadline and the trade uh, or the uh, draft is the most asinine thing I've ever seen. You've got every draft player taking a hat from a team that they've obviously been traded to, <laughs> or from, but they're not allowed to be traded. And then Adam Silver was actually on the show saying, well, if we know that they've tampered or not been traded, then they're going to be fine. Well, it makes no sense. They need to change the deadlines for the draft and for free agency so that they're ahead of time, so that the teams that are drafted, they take the guys, they change the hat like they do in the NFL, they go with the team that they're going to be with, and then in free agency, there's not one single team, agent, or player following the rules, so they need to adjust them. And I'm surprised that they have it to this point because they're usually ahead of the curve on everything. So if this doesn't get changed by next year, I think it's it's a joke to be honest with you. I don't know what you're talking about. By all accounts, it sounds like Mitch Kupchak has followed every rule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, let's 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 knock this uh, let's knock this nonsense out NBA. You guys are doing so many things right. It's it's that's why it bugs us I think is that the NBA does do so many things with with such a good game plan from a marketing standpoint that this is like what? This doesn't does not compute error kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's utter silliness here. Uh, I just I think they should be treated like touchdown celebrations and just, you know, let them happen. Yeah, tampering's going to happen. Just but let them happen. Yeah. We'll start to see some crazy, fun, stupid stuff. And then when it gets a little bit overboard, you know, throw throw the flag in there and find them a little bit. But I, just let I, it happen. I got to say, I love this. I mean, I, like, I get that there are rules, and I'm sure that, like, you know, you don't want agents talking to executives or coaches. or But you can't, in this day and age of social media, you can't stop players from talking to other players. Yeah. You can't stop players talking from former players or media folks or everything. Like, people get influenced within 10 seconds of seeing, like, an Instagram post. You know, there, there's so much information out there. It's next to impossible to stop them, but we as fans gobble this up we have been talking about the off season of 2019 the entire season this was like like the the toronto raptors winning the championship was almost a formality to this madness to this today mm-hmm. and to a degree the league loves it like how are they supposed to stop all this with all the information that's out there change the dates of when the free agent and yeah. trades can be done that's all it's time it's simple it doesn't it doesn't mean they're going to lose any you know, momentum. It's just going to be sensible instead of idiotic. That's all. Who will be the next guy to sign? That's the the big thing. Cause you wonder who's the next big guy to sign. And you feel like guys like Harris are maybe waiting for Kawhi. Same with Jimmy Butler. Is it going to be a guy maybe like DeMarcus cousins who just tries to hmm. get paid? Interesting. Or someone like Al Horford. That that's, that's where I'm curious to see what happens next because hmm. All the fringe guys have signed, and now you got to think that some of these level two guys are just going to start to get paid. And you it's, wonder it's, where in, they go. it's incredible how much Kawhi is holding up like, like 25 guys. You know, as soon as the Kawhi thing happens, whether it's Lakers, Clippers, whatever, Toronto, then everything else is going to just boom happen real quick. Yep. Gentlemen, 
let's get some final thoughts out there. That might have been actually final thoughts, but I want to make sure anybody that's got something else has the opportunity to to lob it out there. Uh, Mike, I don't think I heard from you in that in that madness, or did I? I don't know. It's all madness right now. It's uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with everybody else. I think we're gonna be waiting several days on Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I think we're gonna start to see some of these these towers topple. Um, on the Danny Green thing, I think actually him waiting is the best thing for himself because as soon as we see, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler and Kawhi and these other guys sign, if they sign somewhere else or go somewhere, um, you're going to see these other teams panic and just throw the money at them because they're going to be afraid of if they miss out on Danny Green, then what does that leave them after that? Uh, as far as one of those, you know, two-way players still left in the in free agency. So um, him waiting is probably going to help his money. And at the end of the day, he just, I think he's going to go where the ring goes. He's going to want to, get money either in Dallas, he's going to get overpaid, he's not going to get the ring, or he's going to follow Kawhi somewhere, um, take less money, or he's going to stay over there with Kawhi. Uh, those guys are the best friends. They've always been since they were in San Antonio, so I wouldn't be shocked if they just stick together like Boban and uh, Tobias over there, my two <laughs> favorite people. By the way, here's, here's to me the most perfect way for us to sign off of this uh, 90 minutes of silliness. The Wizards are expecting to lose both Bobby Portis and Jabari Parker in free agency, uh, which would mean that their trade uh, got them, I think, a top 36 protected second round pick. And that is it. But it's wonderful for Thomas Bryant. Yes, it is. Beast. Now he's back in the queue. Beast. Where is it? Yeah, throw. Get your mock back up, Mike. You don't want to miss out on old, old Thomas Bryant. Uh, gentlemen, it's been a distinct pleasure. There's nothing breaking right now, so I feel like we're just going to take this opportunity to to glide quietly into the Twitter sphere. You can follow all of us on Twitter. We'll be talking about this nonstop until I don't know whenever Kawhi Leonard signs, basically. Uh, at Dan Basper's mind is up on the screen there, so that's a, a pretty easy one. Uh, but I am going to be porting this out to the the podcast channel, so I guess it probably pays to uh, to say it out loud as well. At Dan Basper's, at B D Marcus for Brandon at Joe Sarvati. That's Coach at Josh Millman. He's going to get profane as hell on Twitter about this net oh, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at Mike Apatria, A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Thank you for watching, everybody. Please, again, go check out hoop-ball.com if you haven't been over there yet. The agreements in principle page being updated uh, minute by minute with all of the things that are actually agreed to. Uh, you figured it out. In principle. Yeah, redundancy. I'm the committee for redundancy committee over here on the uh, on our live show today. Uh, this is also an episode of Fantasy NBA Today, so thank you for listening to that. Uh, check out all of our podcasts. The Lakers podcast, hosted by the wonderful Ethan Noroff, has been pulled from its grave. It's back up and running. Again, Boxer Breakdown coming back in a couple of months. You got the Nets podcast with Najee and Hunter. That's going to be well-trafficked with the news of today. I'm assuming they are recording an episode probably right now. I don't know if there are going to be any words in the episode. It might just be the two of them screaming for 45 minutes. But it counts as long as it's released on a podcast platform. Uh, again, other shows coming as well. Cause and Brew, that's, ro- that's rolling around. You can find all of this stuff on our YouTube page or at hoop-ball.com. Gentlemen, in unison, let's see if we can do this. Let's tell everybody happy free agency. On the count of three, one, two, three... Happy free agency. So long, everybody. (laughs) This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.